Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is the Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast. Here's Rick Uccino and SP3 on the Believe Podcast Network. Oh, we are back on a Monday morning, and I am on cloud nine. And no, it had absolutely nothing to do with the Royal Rumble Saturday night, which SP3 and myself are going to get into in great detail, all the fallout. SP3 is on cloud nine, and that has to do with everything that happened at the Royal Rumble. He's celebrating his girl, Ronda Rousey, being back. I'm celebrating my Bengals being in the Super Bowl for the first time since the year that I was born, people. If you thought I've been insufferable for the bank with the Bengals gear for the last week, oh, these next two weeks, I am going to be completely and utterly insufferable, just loud orange and black coming from this side, because that's that's really all I have to be happy about this weekend. Uh, after a, a Royal Rumble that, I'll be honest, I was giving it a thumbs up. I was giving it a thumbs up until the men's Royal Rumble match rolled around. And that's something we got to get into because that thing, man, I, pretty much anything and everything that you can do wrong, SP3, they did wrong in that men's Royal Rumble match. But we will get to that. Let's start with the headliner here. Let's start with the woman who made her return, who won the Women's Royal Rumble, and frankly should have closed the show. If that was their big finish for the Men's Royal Rumble, the Women's Royal Rumble match should have closed the show. I was extremely excited because I drew 28 in my Women's Royal Rumble pool, so I won some money off of this bad boy, but you're even more elated with the return of Rowdy Ronda Rousey, the baddest woman on the planet, SP3. The only UFC Hall of Famer that won the Royal Rumble of 2022, Rowdy, Ronda, Rousey. I am so excited, ladies and gentlemen. You know, it's something that we've been talking about across wrestling media for the entire week, but it didn't take away from the moment when she walked out there looking like she was angry. She was angry. She had to take time away from her child. There's people that are happy like me, but the main thing is everybody feels something. And that, yes. that is the most important thing to WWE. And that's the reason why they made the call and they needed Ronda Rousey. The reason why I am happy Ronda Rousey is back in WWE because honestly, ladies and gentlemen, I am teaching y'all how to enjoy WWE. That's what I feel my, my duty is to wrestling media is to teach people how to enjoy WWE. And Ronda Rousey helps everything because WWE significantly cares more about the women when Ronda Rousey was around. In the year that Ronda Rousey was around, we had the first ever Women's Royal Rumble match. We had we had Rousey and Stephanie, all that stuff with Kurt Angle and Triple H. Great stuff there. We had the introduction of the women's tag team titles. We had the rise of Becky Lynch becoming the man. We had Charlotte and Becky. We had evolution they we and we had the first ever women's main event at wrestlemania they just care more so the number one reason why i'm just happy that ronda rousey is around is now the women they will care more vince mcmahon cares more when he has a mainstream star that no matter what people feel something and want to watch her either lose or win that's why ronda rousey is back and that's why I am happy she is the winner of the Women's Royal Rumble and going to main event WrestleMania. You know, I can't I can't argue with a word that you just said, because everything you just said was a was a surefire fact. And you look at when when she man, when she when she left, when she left after WrestleMania 35, when Becky Lynch beat her in the main event, it was a very slow decline of everything that happened after that uh, with, with the women's division. We haven't had an evolution since then. They turned to Becky Lynch and they were like, all right, you're coming off the hottest feud in the world. Here's Lacey Evans. Let's see what you can do with her. And it almost completely killed her momentum uh, coming out of that as well. 
Uh, and Becky did what she could and Charlotte did what she could and Sasha did what she could and Bailey did what she could to help carry that momentum over the last few years. And there have been fleeting moments here or there where it's like, oh, yeah, still, this is still the best damn women's division in the in in all of pro wrestling. But my God, you look at the state of the women's tag team division right now, which is basically non-existent. couple of minor tweaks they could do here or there to really heat that back up, which is something we'll get into later on this week. Um, just too much to get into right now. But yeah, you're right, man. That's what gives me hope is that this is going to fire things back up again. And it's going to be built around Ronda Rousey. It's going to be built around Charlotte Flair. It's going to be built around Becky Lynch. And those are, look, they're, they're, they're three of the best. They're three of the biggest stars that you have. This is very, very smart booking decision. And I know that, that people are pissed off. The, the Bianca Belair army was out on social media, so pissed off that she didn't do the back-to-back. -back. She didn't win again. She wasn't in the final two, this, that, and the other thing. Oh, she's not, well, not going to get her big match at WrestleMania now. They're not going to get the payoff from SummerSlam. The, the Bianca Warriors were out. but And I understand the frustration. Okay, I, I've been a lifelong wrestling fan where it seems like my favorite never, never gets to that point, never gets over. It took until uh, Jeff Hardy went in the WWE championship. And then after that, it was it was finally Dean Ambrose winning. And then it was Becky. And this last three years where Becky's been active has I've been on cloud nine because my favorite is on top of the damn division. All right. On top of the freaking world. I understand that. I understand where people are coming from. You're frustrated with how Bianca has been booked. But I have been saying this from from the get go. She's not going to stay on top for forever. They will get back to her. I guarantee you they will get back to her because she's too damn good. And if you look at the reports that are coming out from this weekend, you would think Rowdy Ronda Rousey coming back, winning the Royal Rumble, Becky Lynch right there, the woman who took her championship still has it three years later. You would think that Rowdy Ronda Rousey would come right back Come out Monday night tonight in Cincinnati. The city of winners, baby, would come out there and say, I choose you to Becky Lynch. But apparently that is not what the plan is. WWE deciding to take the easiest layup, the easiest slam dunk of all time and clanging it off the back of the rim. And apparently the match is going to be Charlotte Flair versus Ronda Rousey at WrestleMania 38 for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Fox getting a big fish here with Ronda Rousey. Completely understand SP3. They need her over on SmackDown. I still think, personally, the match should be Becky Lynch. So let's start there with our, our five count, the five biggest questions coming out of Royal Rumble weekend, and we will start at number one. Who should Ronda Rousey challenge at WrestleMania 38? Should it be Becky Lynch or should it be Charlotte Flair? So I just want to get this straight because your interlude before the question kind of makes me think you're choosing Becky Lynch here. So I want to hear why you're picking Becky Lynch. Go ahead. I, I think from a storyline standpoint, it's what makes the most sense for everything that I laid out for all of those reasons right there. Becky Lynch, the only woman to beat Ronda Rousey in WWE. This is the one big one-on-one -on -one matchup that we have never gotten. So from a non-storyline standpoint, and this is something you even said yourself last week of the biggest matches you could possibly put together for WrestleMania. You talked about, well, you can't get Rock versus Roman. The next best option was Becky Lynch versus Ronda Rousey. And that still holds water. That still is factual. But from a storyline standpoint, for Ronda Rousey not to come back and make an immediate beeline to Becky Lynch, to me, does not make much sense. And yes, I understand that there was still unfinished business with charlotte flair as well until the royal rumble they did not do anything last night to set up ronda rousey having beef with charlotte flair charlotte flair now has all the beef in the world with ronda rousey but it's ronda's decision ronda finished her business with charlotte last night by eliminating her in the royal rumble okay fine you hit me with a kendo stick at survivor series cool whatever i just eliminated you from the biggest match of the year so far I'm going to WrestleMania. It's my choice now. Ronda Rousey, in my opinion, has no more unfinished business with Charlotte Flair. My only hang-up is Becky's a heel. Charlotte's a heel. Ronda Rousey got a huge pop last night. But then afterwards, she cut a promo that was very, very heelish uh, backstage uh, with, uh, I forget who it, who it was with. But you got three heels? Like, what, what, are, we, what are we doing now? Again, Ronda left as a heel. It just, 
from a storyline standpoint, SB3, to me, Becky Lynch makes all the more sense because if you're going to keep Ronda a heel, it'd be much easier to heat Becky Lynch back up as a babyface than relying on Charlotte Flair to be the babyface in this scenario. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. So for me, I think the easiest and most logical and easiest paths, path to having a big matchup at WrestleMania is Becky versus Ronda Rousey. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, Rick Giacchino, he's a, he's a very knowledgeable person. He told you why it should be Becky Lynch. And now I'm going to tell you why it's going to be Charlotte Flair. Because, because, ladies and gentlemen, Ronda Rousey is not coming back for just WrestleMania season. According to the report from Wrestling Observer and Dave Meltzer, she is coming back for a year run. So you get both of your matchup. Vince gets the matchup that he's wanted. He's wanted yes. this since WrestleMania 35. I, I've argued with Rick for over a year that this is what multiple people at WWE have reported, that this is the match that was going to be the main event of WrestleMania 35. A year out, they wanted Ronda Rousey versus Charlotte Flair. The rise of Becky Lynch inserted her into that spot. They gave the fans what they wanted. The fans wanted Becky Lynch in the main event of WrestleMania, and they gave the fans what they want. When does Vince McMahon get what he wants? This is his uh, whole idea here. Because Ronda, yes, it's her choice. Now Charlotte has a reason to make Ronda to, to make Ronda make the choice of her because the whole story of Charlotte being in the Women's Royal Rumble this year is that she wanted to guarantee her main event spot at WrestleMania. That's yes. her desire. Her desire is that main event spot at WrestleMania. And now the person that stole that opportunity for her to get that main event spot is Ronda Rousey, who has the obvious choice of being Becky Lynch. And now the story is, how is Charlotte going to get Ronda to make a choice? That's totally unique to any other Royal Rumble winner. It's never been sure. like that. It's been the Royal Rumble winner wins, and we already pretty much know who they're going to pick every single year, pretty much. But this is a interesting story where both champions have a have a reason to verse Ronda, and now it's about creating the reason why Ronda wants to pick Charlotte. So I I am very interested in that, and it's something that WWE doesn't do all the time. And the fact that Ronda is here for a full year this year, you can give Vince what he wants, Charlotte versus Ronda, at the same time giving the fans what they want, which is Bianca Belair versus Becky Lynch, which I've said for over the past month, they have not given us any indication that that is the plan. But the fact that this report is out, that we're getting Charlotte versus Ronda, it, this is the first time that I'm hopeful that this is going to happen, yeah. that it's going to be Bianca and, and Becky. And guess what? WrestleMania 39 in California. You get what you want on night one, Ronda versus Becky, and probably on night two, Rock versus Reigns. They are prolonging those two matchups for the big Hollywood WrestleMania that they've had to prolong for two years. So this is their way of getting it, and I like the intrigue. I like the entry of the fact that Ronda has this choice. The obvious choice is Becky Lynch, who took her Raw Women's title from her at WrestleMania 35. You always have to say took it because technically she didn't really beat her. Ronda was her shoulders wasn't down for three seconds. So there's that story as well. There's all the all the reason in the world, and now they have to create a reason with Charlotte. I like this. I actually dig it. After the Royal Rumble, when the report first went out, I was like, this makes no sense. After, after seeing the Rumble, I was like, this still doesn't make too much sense. But seeing the Ronda Rousey promo and the fact that Ronda still is playing this heel character that she left on, I totally understand that as well because Ronda Rousey is smart. She is dictating this whole thing for her. Her best thing to do is to come back playing the heel because guess what? It doesn't matter how we react because you know the fans are going to react to Ronda Rousey. They're not going to sit there on their on their hands. So if they boo her, she gets what they what she wants. If they cheer her, she's a cool hero, heel and she's playing a cool heel character. Either way, she is good. And then with Charlotte, Charlotte is a, just a hateable character, and she's also kind of dictating her way and wants to play this role. So really. 
when they put Ronda and Charlotte in the ring, the fans are going to choose. They are going to choose because I've never seen the fans not choose except for one time, WrestleMania 20, when they knew Brock and Goldberg were going to lose. Yeah, WWE fans yeah. always choose a person. So they're going to have to choose between Ronda or Charlotte. And again, I saw Twitter losing their damn minds over that Ronda Rousey promo, which was a clear, like, like over the top, disrespectful. Sounded like Ronda Rousey was getting interviewed after she lost, lost a UFC fight. Like she was just pissed off. Didn't want to be there. Had no respect for the, for the backstage interviewer. She was awesome. I love her pointing out that backstage interviewers don't ask questions. They make declarative statements that people have to respond to. And Rhonda just said, "Hey man, that wasn't that, that wasn't a question. That was that was a statement." Hey man, that that I I get that. I understand it, but you know what? All all sports interviews are dumb. Like literally, if you've ever listened to an NFL press conference, it's the same questions every week. Oh, uh, how big was this play? This, that, and the other thing. It, it's still a question. No, 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 no. We're not going to compare this to football but, but commentators. We're not going to compare this. this to basketball. WWE backstage commenta- uh, interviewers do not ask questions. They literally, 90% of the time, are making declarative statements that the person has to have a response to. The fans are saying, you are, are going to be the best. That's that's literally ninety percent of the questions. Very, I'm gonna defend yes, that though. Football, I'm football, defend, play, I'm... football commentator interviewer will ask the same question, but it's still a question. Correct. Look, I, I'm gonna defend that because that's part of my interview style. Personally, is having a conversation, and sometimes I will make a statement instead of asking a question. Ninety percent of the time. Not ninety, about fifty-fifty. So, so don't, don't try to, don't try to make an excuse for them. Yes, I am an interviewer too that does that as well because it <laughs> is a conversation, but not ninety percent right. of the time. All right, we're getting, we're getting off the rails here. We're getting off the rails here, but I will say, I there were people who were complaining about that promo, right? Because people love to complain. They thought it was bad. They didn't understand what the hell is going on. I actually really, really like this because you were right, Sid. It is smart for Ronda Rousey to come back. I especially love the line where she said, I'm not falling for it this time. She got that big pop. She's like, I ain't falling for it this time. Because that is the that is the real storyline surrounding Ronda Rousey is her tumultuous, tumultuous relationship with the fan base. They loved her at first. They started booing her. She didn't like that. She turned heel. The fans kept booing her. She didn't like the fact that they you know, hated her. And so she left. She left to go off and do whatever the hell it is she wanted. She wanted to become a mom. She did that, and now she's back for her, right? She ain't back for the fans. She's not that smiling Ronda Rousey who's here to, to because she loves this, that, and the other thing. No, she is back to be a badass and to take over the WWE again, and she doesn't give a damn what the fans think. That's exactly how Ronda Rousey in real life would come back to the WWE. So that is what makes sense. If WWE's hope is to turn Ronda Rousey back into a babyface, then yes, going up against Charlotte Flair is the smart play here because no one ever cheers for Charlotte Flair for a damn thing. So if they play into that where both of them are heels, Charlotte Flair has the chance, has the opportunity to get Ronda Rousey back over with the fan base, or they're just going to be happy that she's back and she's going to get that sustained that sustained pop. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens in my hometown tonight, Cincinnati, Ohio, how that crowd receives Ronda Rousey. She got the surprise on back pop at the Royal Rumble, which we all knew that she was going to get if and when that did happen. Batista got that too. And then people started booing him again. Now, again, Daniel Bryan, a lot of different things went into, went into all that. But even when they said, hey, we're going to bring you back as a baby face, even Dave Batista said, dude, that's, gonna, that's not going to work because five minutes after I'm back, they're going to realize they hate me again. So if the fans don't like Ronda Rousey and they don't like Charlotte Flair, there isn't a Becky Lynch, a white knight to ride in and, and give the crowd a rooting interest. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping that Charlotte Flair, the hatred of Charlotte Flair, the enemy of my enemy is my friend and the crowd gets behind Ronda Rousey if in fact that is their goal for this. I'm, I'm telling you, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's it's really WWE, if they if they're doing this feud, I think they're doing this feud under the understanding that the fans are going to choose who's the babyface. Because they literally did this on this show of the Royal Rumble with Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins, where to week to week, 
you could tell me that Seth was the babyface or Roman was the babyface in the buildup. And then in the show, Roman was the heel and Seth was the babyface. So, like, they do this. They done this at this show. They plan on doing this at WrestleMania 38. And I love this Ronda Rousey character. I feel like we were robbed of that, it not coming sooner. It, we only got a few weeks of this uh, towards the end of our first run. But this is like the anti-John Cena, Roman Reigns. When John Cena and Roman Reigns started getting the negative reaction from the fans, they acted like it didn't exist. Like, this is like, this is like a, a different, this is like the 180 where, where Cody Rhodes is kind of riding the middle of, yeah, I'm hearing you, but I'm still going to be the baby face. Rhonda saying, you're booing me? Now, F you. I'm like, basically, yeah. I, I, I just love that as a character. That is a very meta character, and it, I think that it's going to work some magic over the next year if she's around. It's going to be interesting to see what the reasoning is for why Ronda Rousey chooses Charlotte. And that, that's going to be the whole hinge. Whatever they come up with, it better be a, a good reason. Because, again, in Ronda Rousey's perspective as a character, she has all the motivation in the world to come out on Monday Night Raw tonight and, and choose Becky Lynch. So it's going to be interesting to see how the character of Ronda Rousey pivots toward Charlotte Flair. Because the I, only indication that we've gotten from anything in WWE, the way that they booked this so far, is Becky Lynch's uh, interview with Ariel Hawani, where she said, look, if I was Ronda Rousey, I wouldn't come back and, and challenge big time Bex. I wouldn't come right back and throw myself into the deep end. I'd start with a little appetizer and basically called Charlotte Flair a melon ball. Like that's that's the only thing that's like they've even hinted at why Ronda Rousey would choose it, but that's not why Ronda Rousey would choose Charlotte Flair. I I already thought about it in this whole conversation that we're having. Like, what's it's it's the question of in the psyche and who this Ronda Rousey character is. What's the thing that's more like she's more pissed off about? Is she more pissed off about a fluke victory where her shoulder was up at WrestleMania or the whole catalyst for her whole relationship with the fans, which was Survivor Series 2018, where Charlotte was an absolute heel, but she was cheer. They cheered her over Ronda Rousey. And even if you don't add anything else to it, you can make the story of I. You you chose her, this person that you hate, and you hate every single time I'm not around. You chose her over me. I'm choosing. That's the person I'm going to take their title at WrestleMania. You don't even need to add anything. I think in the psyche of this Ronda Rousey character, that's the thing she's more pissed off about is the, the night that the fans turned on her. The only other thing that I could think of here, have you seen Kill Bill? Okay, Uma Thurman didn't go right for right for Bill. That she she had the death list list five of all the people that had wronged her, and she started at the bottom and killed her way up. So maybe Rhonda has a list. May only be two people on it, but maybe she has a list of people that she wants to go through to get to Becky Lynch, and Becky Lynch is her final boss on this revenge tour. They, they they should do if this is that if that's it like they should keep like giving us they should do the hangman Kenny Omega booking where throughout 2021 it looked like we were gonna get that match at Double or Nothing yeah. it looked like we were gonna get that match at All Out and then we finally got it at Full Gear I want them to do it in a way where at like SummerSlam it looks like we we might get it and then they take it away. I want them to be both champions heading into Survivor Series, and then Becky loses it the first the week before, like like they usually do with the Survivor Series title yeah. changes. I want yeah. them to do it in that way where they are keep that's the they know that's the matchup we want, and they keep teasing it so we want it more. Yeah the the only the last thing I'll say before we move on to the Royal Rumble is the there is the risk that if you say okay, we'll do Charlotte and Ronda this year, and we'll do Ronda and Becky next year. Knock on wood, nothing goes wrong, but that's an entire year. Who knows what happens over the course of the next year? We would have thought Bailey would have been a slam dunk for a WrestleMania match this year. Who the hell knows what's going on with that right now? So it's like anything can happen over the course of the year that could change the trajectory, and we may still never get this one-on-one -on -one match with Becky Lynch 
and Ronda Rousey. You have a, a slam dunk moment to do it this year. Again, I still think it makes the most sense, but I'm interested. I am interested. And if Becky Lynch does get Bianca Belair at WrestleMania, Bianca Belair's winning. I'm 75% sure that Bianca Belair is winning to finally get her payback over, Summer, over SummerSlam. Question so, for you. How much percentage yeah. were you that Shayna Baszler was going to be Becky Lynch at WrestleMania 36? I was uh, like, I was like that. I was like 75 to say sure that was going to happen. But I was. Um, I thought that was going to happen too, to be completely honest with you. The way, and Becky even pitched for it to happen. Becky wanted to lose at WrestleMania 36, which makes me think that Becky will want to lose to Bianca Belair at WrestleMania 38. So we shall see. Uh, the other winner of the Royal Rumble was uh, 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 Brock Lesnar. He lost his WWE championship earlier on in the night to Bobby Lashley, something that I didn't see coming, but this is something that we talked about on the uh, the prediction show that we did with Alex McCarthy, where we thought it was going to be Roman Reigns that lost his championship and then came back at the end of the night to win the Royal Rumble. They did that, but they did it in reverse. The, the 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 booking of that Bobby Lashley-Brock Lesnar match was just very well done. It was very, very poetic. Double agent Paul Heyman costing Brock Lesnar that match. There were a million different ways you could have set up Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar from that standpoint. But no, they decide to go ahead and give Brock a Royal Rumble win that he did not need in what was a very poorly booked match from pretty much start to finish. And again, this is not a knock on any of the talent involved with the match. I will never attack a talent personally, and I hate going negative. This is all about the booking, whoever produced it, whoever put it together. I thought the women's Royal Rumble outside of 2019, that was the best one that we've seen. There were a lot of really, really nice spots in that women's Royal Rumble match. I know we've only had five to this point. I would rank that one off the top of my head, at least at number two so far. I thought it was really well put together. Should have closed the show especially with this men's Royal Rumble, the way that it, it shook out. So SP3, I will ask you, because we're both in agreement that, that that men's Royal Rumble match was not good. Number two of the five count, was it the worst one of all time for the men's Royal Rumble? No, not even close. Not even the worst one of, uh, well, I guess this is a new decade because we're in the 20s. But yeah, of, the last, of the last 10 years, it's not the worst one. 2015, ladies and gentlemen, I don't, I don't think people realize how bad this was like it, you had brian daniel bryan come back weeks before he's a favorite you think the favorites are daniel bryan and roman reigns he comes in number 10 doesn't even last he lasts about 10 minutes in the yep. freaking match and he gets eliminated bright uh, all the favorites that the fans liked like Dolph Ziggler, Dean Ambrose, Bra uh, Bray, Bray Wyatt all get eliminated by Kane in the freaking big show. Yeah, Not even bad. The Rock coming down and trying to save Roman Reigns from the Boo Birds in Philadelphia could stop the response. Like, this was a detrimental Men's Raw Rumble. This year's Men's Raw Rumble may be the most boring of all time, but it ain't certainly ain't the worst. 2015 is worse. You can argue that 2014 it was, was pretty bad as well with no Daniel Bryan and Batista winning despite the fans booing him out the building. Yeah, they hijacked 20, that, yeah. 2013, 2012 were both boring. Uh, I still go back to, which one did The Rock win, 2000? 2000 was good. It was good. I mean, no, I mean no. it was, that, that one to me, I, I remember because usually no, every year. I, I didn't never. I will never take any disrespect of the 2000 Royal Rumble because it has one of the best eliminations of all time by Taka Mish Mishinoku. Do not disrespect Taka by saying they had plenty of fun spots in that 2001. You had the too cool uh, segment with them dancing in the Rumble and then Rikishi mm. with eliminating both guys, uh, Rikishi dominating. You had the whole play between The Rock and Big Show going on, and then it comes down to those two. There was plenty. There was, that was enjoyable. That's not even in it. That's like a middle of the road type of Rumble, but not in the worst. Maybe, maybe I need to go back and watch it again because I, I didn't get a chance. Obviously, there's been a lot going on uh, in my life right now. I didn't get a chance to rewatch any Rumbles uh, this year. And usually, I will run through 20 to 30 of them in the lead-up to the anticipation of the event. I just remember that one always stuck in my, my crawl. It's one that I did not uh, I did not really enjoy. But I'll have to go back and, and give it another uh, a watch through. I will agree with you. I think 
2015, right? The one where, where Big Show and Kane, where they did the whole realistic thing where the big boys just took everybody out and just literally dumped lifeless bodies over the top rope, which was supposed to be Roman Reigns' big culmination, right? And then The Rock couldn't even save it. I will say that, yes, that one was the, the worst one of all time. For, for me, something I'm going to hang on what you said, most boring. There was no suspense whatsoever in this men's Royal Rumble match. We had no real surprises like Shane McMahon. Okay. Bad Bunny. Bad Bunny got a great little pop. And he did really, really well. Took a great F5 from Brock Lesnar. Like that was great. But it's like there were no stories. There was no stories. Like you could point, you could, you could go back and watch that women's Royal Rumble and you could pinpoint five, six, seven little intricate storylines that they weave through, right? Because the Royal Rumble, it's like a puzzle, right? You put it together, you try to move forward with all the all the different storylines, and we saw that nice little moment. Should have been a little bit, little bit longer of a moment, but we saw that nice moment with Liv and Sarah Logan. We had Brie Bella eliminating Nikki this time around, which was a flip from the, the previous Rumbles before. You know, we had Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley. We had Nikki A.S.H., and Rhea Ripley, Nikki's spot where she attacks Molly Holly and chucks her out was beautifully done. It was, was great. so gorgeously done. I'm loving this Nikki A.S.H. Uh, heel turn so far. There were a lot of really nice, great moments in that Women's Royal Rumble, and it was a lot of fun. We had none of that here. We had no store outside of Drew retur returning, which was nice, to take out the happy folk. Sammy eliminating Johnny Knoxville and Styles tossing out Omos. That was it. Other than that, it was just a bunch of dudes coming out and, and, and getting tossed over the road. There was nothing. There was no poetry to it. There was no, even the big, poor Kofi, even like the biggest high spot of the entire match. It's miraculous. John Alba tweeted this out. It's miraculous that it took this long for one of those Kofi high spots to go wrong. And unfortunately, just everything went wrong there. And according to reports, I think Brian Alvarez tweeted this out, that really hindered Big E's performance in this match. Yeah. But you had so many people in this match who came out looking worse than going in. AJ Styles getting eliminated by Madcap Moss. What the hell are we doing? Damian Priest unceremoniously tossed over the top rope by, by Omos. KO looked bad. Big E looked really, really bad coming out of this match. Didn't get anything really they at all. They barely caught his elimination on camera. Yeah, exactly. And that's the other thing. It's like elimination should mean something. It should be a huge moment. And then we get down to the end and Brock Lesnar's music hits. And you know, the second it happens, Brock's winning this damn match. You know, it's done. It's over. Forget it. Forget it. Brock's winning. He didn't even get a, he didn't get that big of a pop. Either. No, he I didn't. Don't think people, I don't think people noticed that because they were so people were half asleep by the time he came out, but I, uh, well, especially that he came out right after Randy Orton, who's a God in St. Louis and yeah. got the biggest pop in the match. The biggest pops of the entire match were Randy Orton, hometown kid, Johnny Knoxville and bad bunny. That's a major problem. Yeah. Shane McMahon got a nice little pop. Shane McMahon eliminating Kevin Owens, by the way, was stupider than all hell. Like why are we giving that to Shane McMahon? Like, and, and it didn't even matter. They barely caught that elimination, too, uh, to be completely honest with you. But we had no suspense at the end. None. It was God so lazy. Brock Lesnar came out, right? Brock Lesnar came out. You knew he was going to win. And it's like WWE was like, well, everybody knows he's winning, so screw it. We're not going to get the Final Four stare down. We're not going to get any of this. We're not, we're not even going to give him a cool little moment with Matt Riddle which was something that they could have done. Brock just chucked him over like he was a dead deer carcass, like picked him up, chucked him, and stared down at him for like a half second like, bitch, you ain't in my league. Get out of here. Could have told a nice story there. You saw Riddle's face light up when Brock's music hit. And he's mm -hmm. like, oh, yeah, I'm finally going to get to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with Brock. No, didn't get that. Randy Orton quickly eliminated. Then you could have done a really cool thing there. They had a chance to do something fun with Drew McIntyre and Brock Lesnar. And then Brock's like, nah, I've already worked twice tonight. Drew, you're gone. See you. Bye. And then it's over. It was over. It was so poorly booked. So poorly booked. And so many people came out looking bad. And they gave Brock Lesnar a win that he didn't need. But then WrestleVotes put out this tweet that's saying, look, Brock had to win. Brock had to win. Because who else was going to win? Because they have no idea, SP3, what their WWE championship match is going to be at WrestleMania. 
This is why, ladies and gentlemen, I wanted it to be the other way around. I think it would have made more sense to the story, especially how it played out. I would have, even though it was one of the more important moments of the night, I would have prolonged the Heyman official heel turn. And I would have done it overtly on this show of having Lesnar cost Roman the title. And then Roman is placed in the Royal Rumble because I guarantee you, ladies and gentlemen, we are never going to hear how Brock Lesnar negotiated his into the 30th spot in the men's Royal Rumble. But that could have been the whole story if Roman Reigns was the number 30 spot was how how did Roman get to negotiate it? It's Heyman. Heyman is the one behind the scenes pulling the strings and then you can have roman say i have a new special counsel but his new special counsel is really his old special counsel and then then you get it revealed on the road to wrestlemania or even save it for wrestlemania like we didn't need that here we could have had a just a fun brock versus bobby lashley match but even that didn't come off very well and in didn't meet a lot of people's expectations but like i said the most boring men's Royal Rumble. It was just, this is the issue that WWE has. They have broken their device of some type of making stars. They no longer make stars. So we have a men's Royal Rumble where two thirds of it are people we don't believe are going to win. Like people were trying to convince me that AJ Styles was a contender to win. And I'm telling you, I'm like, dude, he got squashed by Omos in three minutes and went 50-50 with Grayson Waller. He's not winning the men's Royal Rumble match. And so. then on top of that, not only was he not a contender, he gets tossed by Madcap Moss. And here's the thing, like, even the guys that they they seem like Vince's pet projects, right, that they're, they're pushing for, for some reason or another, even though some of their characters are terrible, like Madcap Moss, like Rick Boogs, none of them looked in, overly incredible either. Austin Theory, who Vince has taken under his wing. Yeah, he was in the match for a half hour. He didn't do anything. He didn't have a big elimination. He he was just there. Not even a half hour because AJ Styles was the Iron Man and he didn't make 30 minutes. Like, yeah. this, they, they didn't even know how to book people in this match for a long time. Like, this, yeah, yeah this will go down as one of the worst, but definitely not the worst. Going back to the WrestleVotes tweet that I brought up, the fact that WWE does not know what their WWE title match is at WrestleMania 38 right now. Uh, that is a problem. We will get there, but I'll say this much. If you don't know what the hell your WWE title match is going to be, Brock Lesnar should not have had the title taken off of him last night. You should have figured out what exact, you know, you're going to be doing Roman and Brock Lesnar. Figure out your plans, finalize those first, and then take the belt off of him. You have another pay-per-view to do it. But again, it comes down to, then who wins the Royal Rumble? Seth Rollins could have been an option. And I, I, I want to move into talking about him real quick. I loved that match between him and Roman Reigns. It was so damn good. Seth Rollins playing the mind games, coming down to the shield music, dressed in the shield, laughing at Roman throughout the entire match. Roman hits a spear. He's, gra- he's crawling over there, and Seth Rollins is just absolutely laughing his ass off at him. He can't put him away. He's trying to punish him. And here's the thing. I didn't even mind the DQ finish. I did it first. I did it first. And that's because WWE leans too heavily on DQ finishes. So even when it does make sense, my first reaction is to groan loudly, which I did. To roll my eyes in the back of my head, which I did. And then they did that beautiful part there where Roman grabs the chair and he hits Seth in the back and Seth sells it exactly the same way that Roman Reigns did when Seth hit him in the back of the chair in the back with the chair when the shield first split up. It was all very well done. It was great storytelling. It would have gone over a whole lot better if WWE didn't give us non finishes and DQ finishes more often than they give us clean ones would have gone over a lot better. But obviously there is a story here still with Seth Rollins that is unresolved. Obviously, there is a story with Brock Lesnar that is unresolved. The match that we have been told, that we have been, uh, that has been rumored, that has long been pointed to, Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar. I will move on to number three here, the five count. Should Seth Rollins be added into that universal title match equation at WrestleMania 38? Make it a triple threat match. 
I'd go as far to say that I'd be pissed if Seth Rollins was added to this Universal Title match at WrestleMania because I came in to Royal Rumble knowing that Roman Reigns and, and Brock Lesnar uh, were going to burst at WrestleMania, and I had to sit through a four-hour pay-per-view where the middle, the beginning, middle, and end told me Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns are going to main event WrestleMania. So to insert Seth Rollins, no matter how great, he was fantastic. The yes. shield entrance, just him doing the same, same Joker-style entrance in the shield gear with the shield music. All he was just, missing was the blonde sh- streak. That's all he was missing was the blonde streak. The blonde streak and the dirty deeds would have put this like yeah. This would have this. Uh, I would have I would have rated this above four stars, even with that DQ finish. If he would have just done those two things to make it magnifique. But yes, the the finish to that hurts that in my opinion because Roman Reigns clearly after that you know I thought the match itself was great. I thought the post match was very good, but from the match and the post match, I get that Roman Reigns is the heel. Yet I, he's the one I'm sympathetic with on the finish because literally he he choked out Seth Rollins and the ref put the put Seth Rollins hand on the rope. So I so I'm like I agree with Roman Reigns. I I'm not letting go. You literally cheated. You literally put his hand on the rope. I'm not letting go. Why should I let go? Count to five. I'm disqualified. I I am gonna groan and be disappointed in that because I'm like. Well, no, you did that, ref. You're the one that's wrong. You're the one I'm booing at. I'm booing at you and the booking. So that's an issue. The post-match was very good because it put the heat on on Roman Reigns. But none of that makes me want to see him in this matchup because we've already seen that matchup too. We've seen Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns, and and yes, yes, it was for like two minutes with a money in the bank cash-in, but it ain't going to get much better than that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. There is part of of, I like like full circle-ness. I like the thought because we've also seen – Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar a bajillion times. There is something here that would make me really want to see Seth Rollins get added to that matchup. Um, Just to to run back the full heist of the century, full actual triple threat match. I think for for Rollins' sake, it's what makes the most sense right now. Because if he ain't fighting Roman Reigns at WrestleMania, I don't know what the hell he's going to be doing at WrestleMania. He's probably in the WWE Championship matchup. I think that's why they protect him um me personally i don't want to see seth rollins and roman reigns in a triple threat unless moxley is the third guy i don't care about rewinding the heist of the century i don't and let let wwe finish this the goddamn roman reigns and brock lesnar we're the issue here like um yeah we usually blame wwe creative and booking but we are the issue with questions like this and we have fans out there that want seth rollins to be inserted in this roman reigns brock lesnar match where they have tried now this is going to be the third time to do this match with roman reigns winning and you want seth rollins to get involved so they can prolong it for another wrestlemania no let's get this out the way here's the thing we ain't moving past this because they have a real freaking problem it's the same damn problem roman reigns and brock lesnar at wrestlemania cool that's done who next they don't have anybody it's never going to be over this is batman and joker these two are just going to be fighting forever fighting forever at least if you add seth rollins into the equation it kind of changes things up a bit and i would actually put seth over again to be completely honest with you but you brought up maybe putting him in the wwe title match bobby lashley congratulations to him now two-time wwe champion i'm very very happy that they decided to put the belt back on him i was hoping he would get another run didn't think it would come this soon Don't know why they decided to take it off a Big E in the first place, just to put it right back on Bobby Lashley 30 days later. I feel like all of this, I feel like we're, it's back to the future. Like somebody took the almanac back and gave it to Biff, and now we are on an alternate 1985 because Roman Reigns getting COVID-19, that was the Biff almanac moment, and it just changed everything to where Big E drops the title to Brock. Well, now, oh crap, now we got to fix everything. Now everything's going into chaos. So we got to take the title off Brock. Uh, uh, well, we'll, we'll put it on Bobby Lashley. Okay. What's our WWE championship match? Hell, if I know 
We're only six, seven weeks out. There is no clear path to the WWE Championship right now. Nope. We got to fix this Biff moment here, SP3. You brought up Seth Rollins. Is Seth Rollins versus Lashley, number four here. Is that the WWE title match at WrestleMania 38? Is that what you would book? That's the only relatively fresh matchup that they have to offer here. But honestly, I'm not really sure that Bobby Lashley is going to be the WWE champion heading into I'm WrestleMania. Like, like this either. is this wasn't the plan. Like, they had a plan, uh, the, and that plan was kind of up in the air because we've heard numerous reports that either Big E, B B Big E, or Seth Rollins was going to come oh. out of day one with the WWE championship. So if they're a little shaky on who was going to come out the WWE champion at day one. Who knows who was going to come out the WWE champion after Royal Rumble if they, if plans would have happened. But I do agree with you. Roman Reigns testing positive for COVID is the butterfly effect. Everything has kind of dominoed from there. And it's uh, it's been very interesting. And it makes the whole WWE title picture very interesting because I could see any of the mixture of the original Fatal 4-Way in a one-on-one -on -one match at WrestleMania, honestly. I could see Seth Rollins versus Kevin Owens for the WWE title. I could see Big E versus Bobby Lashley for the WWE title. I could see Lashley versus Seth Rollins. And for now, I'll go with that. Here's what I would do. I would take the unique opportunity here you have where you have no clear path forward and you have a lot of big stars whose WrestleMania paths are not clear at this moment, several weeks out. I would do a multi-man ladder match for the WWE Championship. I would get six people, three from each brand. That way you could throw a guy like Big E into a major match and have it make sense. You could put Drew McIntyre into the picture once again and have it make sense. You could add an AJ Styles in there. You could put Seth Rollins in there if he's not in the in the a uh, triple threat match for a, you know, a universal championship. If that goes, that doesn't go that way. You could put Kevin Owens uh, in there. All of these guys who have been hovering around the title picture. If you don't have a clear one-on-one -on -one match that you want to do, F it. Give me six guys in an awesome ladder match at WrestleMania for the W. It's what they used to do with the IC title all the time. And that ended up being like one of the best matches on the whole damn card. If you don't have a clear one-on-one -on -one that you want to do, Give me a multi-man match and give me Big E winning that damn multi-man match so he can get his freaking championship back. Because right now he ain't on a clear path at all to get it. I don't like that because WWE has programmed into all their fans' mind that multi-man ladder match means less than. And you don't want that for the WWE title. I'd rather it be a six-pack challenge with top contenders than a than a than a multi-man ladder match. Multi-man ladder match means mid-card. That is how WWE has programmed that on a WrestleMania card that that would lower the WWE title by being in that type of matchup. The only other thing I can think of is they're going to run it back again. They're going to do McIntyre and Lashley somehow, some way. Drew McIntyre is going to find his way back, and it's going to be Drew and Lashley, and then Drew will win the title in front of fans, which everybody thought he was going to do last year at WrestleMania 37 in uh, Tampa. Yeah, 37, 37 in uh, in Tampa. WrestleMania 38, the, the WrestleMania where Vince, guess what he wants? He wants. Lash, Lashley loses to McIntyre in front of fans. He gets Ronda versus Charlotte. He gets Roman versus Brock. It's the Vince McMahon of mania. And it's making me want to cancel my flight to Dallas. No, I'm kidding. Um, so obviously there was a lot that happened this weekend. Um, Putting the obvious aside, so like don't don't say, well, Ronda Rousey and Brock Lesnar were the big winners this weekend. You could look at a lot of different people and you could go, they had a damn good weekend. And then there were some people who had a detrimental weekend as far as their standing in the company is concerned. Uh, so number five here on the uh, five count before we wrap up. Uh, biggest winners and losers from the weekend for USB3. I'll start with the losers, Sasha Banks. I have to start with. I've already seen the memes by a couple of my friends at True Hill Heat with her with the crying Jordan face outside the ring. How do you? This is why WWE brought her back on SmackDown instead of Royal Rumble. How much more disappointed would you have been if Sasha was a surprise at the Rumble and that that's how they treated her? So now we understand why why people asking the question, why didn't Sasha be a Royal Rumble surprise? Because they wanted to save you that disappointment. 
That's yeah. what they that's what they tried to do. She looked excellent, by the way, but unfortunately, she is one of the the losers of the weekend. Real quick, did you think that did you think that uh, Molina spot was a, a mistake? I thought it was I thought it was an accident. I thought she slipped, but uh, yeah, she's also one of the the losers of the weekend because they overall just the, the whole treatment of those returning uh legends in the match, unless your name was Michelle McCool and Lita. You weren't treated that great. Like, Mickey James, like, everybody was like, oh, I want to see Mickey James mix it up with Charlotte. I want to see Mickey James mix it up with all these new girls. They The most attention they paid to Mickey James is when she interacted with Michelle McCool and Lita. Yep, that's what you got. And uh, the Impact Knockouts World Champion is now the Impact Women's Champion. Yeah, and yeah, there yeah. are... There are and there are some people online that said that that is a bigger rub for Impact than Kenny Omega being Impact World Champion on their television, given them the biggest pay per view number. I, I didn't and see TV people rated. saying that. I didn't yes, see I, people. I say, did. I did actually. I saw I people did. saying that it, they did more for the women's division, the knockout division, than the partnership with AEW, which is true because they didn't really do anything with the knockouts they women's division. They didn't do anything, but that they is that is just that is just them trying to insert a word for what they really meant they're trying to say that wwe did more for impact which they didn't they didn't ladies and gentlemen so yeah just overall the returning women i wish would have been treated better i wish i could have heard oh my god ivory at 60 years old looking younger than she did in 2000 i needed more of her maybe she couldn't do too much but i would have rather her walked around the ring and do her promo talking about everybody just to make it last longer because that was great for me so just yeah i wish there was more for the returning women sasha banks of course um only other person i could think of in the in the loser section is yeah, do drop because she was in a difficult situation. A that difficult was a very spot, difficult situation. And that was kind of the biggest match of her career and kind of the company doing that blunder with the with the sign. Yeah, the WrestleMania sign as well is one of the biggest losers of the weekend. And winners, I got to say the obvious Brock Lesnar. I got to say the obvious Roman Reigns because he was all over this goddamn show. Uh, Seth Rollins because he put in an MVP type performance and he beat Roman Reigns by disqualification but he still yeah. beat him um and of course Rowdy Ronda Rousey is the biggest winner of the weekend obviously but also shout out to Edge and Beth Phoenix because I'm happy they got their little moment yeah uh I think Maurice was a big winner uh for me this weekend yes, uh, yes. She, she went out there and and showed that at one point you know she was one of the best women's performers that this company had. Uh, she really went out there. The, the Hurricane Rana on edge was was just great. She went out there and performed very, very well and showed that she still has a little something left in the tank. It was great to see her get that. Uh, I, they, they fooled me for a half second. They had me believing that Miz was going to get that win over edge. And I'm like, holy crap, are they really about to have the grit couple lose their first ever match together? That was a great false finish. That match was a winner to me. I had very, I, I, I honestly, we talked about it. I didn't have a, a dog in the hunt. I didn't really care about that match a whole lot. It wasn't one that I was overly invested in. So I had low expectations and it way over delivered. Uh, Beth Phoenix still looks great as well, but Maurice 100% for sure is a, is a winner. And by proxy, the Miz is, is absolutely a, uh, a winner. Um, I actually am going to say that Mickey James was a winner this weekend. I don't think her booking in the Royal Rumble match was nearly as bad as as what you alluded to and what a lot of other people alluded to. It could have been a lot worse. She could have been dumped within two minutes. She did get an elimination in this matchup. And the the, the big thing is she got to come out to hardcore country. She oh, got to come no. out country we got to come out with the impact knockouts women's championship around her waist, and she got one of the biggest pops in the entire match. She made history. In this matchup, and WWE did right by her. Again, she got an elimination. We knew she wasn't going to win. I was hoping she'd get to the Final Four, so it could have been a little bit better. But Mickey James, to me, 100% a winner with everything that she has accomplished since WWE let her go. This was everything that she wanted in this other than, than winning the matchup. So I'm hoping this will open the door to more collaboration uh, down the line because I think WWE really delivered on their part as far as good, honest booking to make Mickey James not look as bad as, say, Melina 
or Cameron. <clears throat> now, <laughs> granted, Cameron's elimination was uh, storyline driven, which made sense. And I was all for that or Molly Holly for that matter. But again, I thought that was one of the best eliminations. Of the entire women's Royal Rumble was was Nikki A.S.H. beating the crap out of her and saying, hey, look, uh, there's only room for one superhero uh, in, in this matchup. To me, though, the biggest loser of the weekend, and I say the weekend as a whole, is Biggie, because this is a guy who has now unceremoniously been moved back over to SmackDown. The guy who was the WWE champion 30 days ago was moved from Raw to SmackDown. There was no cash considerations. There was no trade. There was no player to be named later. There was no reason given. Just, oh, here's a former world champion over on SmackDown. My worst fear of Xavier Woods getting injured and them going, well, let's just plug Big E back into the new day so they can continue whatever they're going to be doing with Madcap Moss and Baron Corbin and we'll just forego whatever Big E was going to be doing on his solo push. That came to fruition with them moving him back and him now being a part of the new day. And then his spot with the Royal Rumble comes up. Yes, Kofi's early elimination kind of hindered any spots that he may have had. He didn't get an elimination. It wasn't a big deal when he got tossed out. This is a guy who has free fallen down the card and his spot in the company unjustly. And if he's going to get back into the title picture, unfortunately, it's not going to happen until well past WrestleMania, which is a damn shame because he deserves a heck of a lot better. Our final thought here before we wrap up. You alluded to it. Before you wrap up the biggest winners and losers, I'd be amiss. If I didn't mention the biggest winner of the weekend, ladies and gentlemen, and yes, I am talking about Bobby Lashley. Oh yeah, because because yeah, I just wanted them to to have this list because I had to do research because that was one of my big takeaways. And you know, people at Sports Kita they they don't know stuff, so they ask me for sources. So I looked it up and gave screenshots. <laughs> do you know Rick Uchino? These are the only men. That have pinned Brock Lesnar in WWE, Big Show, Kurt Angle, The Undertaker, Eddie Guerrero, Goldberg, John Cena, Triple H, Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, Drew McIntyre, meaning Bobby Lashley was the first African American (laughs) to pin Brock Lesnar in 20 years of him being in the WWE. Bobby Lashley saves racism, ladies and gentlemen. One final thought. You alluded to it earlier. You talked about the WrestleMania sign catching fire. How in the hell is WWE, after their sign caught fire and literally killed any crowd involvement in your Raw Women's title match in the process by catching fire, how the hell are you going to light up the pyro again at the end of the night and how are you going to choose to do that while also clearing out an entire section of guests who paid, paying customers? You're telling them at the end of the Royal Rumble match, the Royal freaking Rumble match, you decide it's more important to light off some pyro than to keep paying customers in their seats. How the hell are you going to do that? How in the hell are you going to do that? Ladies and gentlemen, shocker. WWE cares more about the presentation of television more than they pay about their paying customers. I am so shocked. That's all I got. That's all Uh, I got for you. I will say, I do feel bad for both Becky and Dewdrop. They put on a really good match. Uh, This, I, it, it, it far exceeded my, my expectations. Becky Lynch pulled some stuff out that we've, we've never really seen her do before for somebody who says she's not the, the, the most flippy. She does a, a freaking Molly go round off the top rope onto do drop. I thought the, I thought the match went over really well, but this was a, an uphill battle from the get go because people just are not invested in do drop yet. Again, I think that has a lot to do with her name and her booking so far and being even, there's a lot that she, that Piper Niven has had to fight uphill against since she's come up here, that has done nothing to hinder her in-ring ability. I thought this match was really great. It's a shame, though, that you could tell the audience was watching a sign catching on fire then paying attention to this match. They got him into it just a little bit at the end, but, man, I felt bad for them knowing that they they were already facing an uphill battle to get the people invested in this match, and then the sign catches fire, and ain't nobody in the crowd watching the damn match. Um, I think another issue is that Becky Lynch is a heel. 
And I think that even if the the sign was on fire, if Becky Lynch was a babyface, the majority of the fans would be caring about this match. Literally, the WWE doesn't realize that Becky Lynch, one of their most over babyfaces of the past decade, in a lot of places, what I'm seeing when she wrestles, she gets this kind of indifferent kind of reaction now because they want to cheer her. But WWE and her are actively telling you not to. So it's kind of just indifferent now. That's a fair point. We'll see how they react tonight, Monday Night Raw. You know we're going to get some kind of in-ring reaction between Becky Lynch and Ronda Rousey. Going to be interesting to see how they go from here. We do appreciate you guys uh, tuning in to the Believe in Pro Wrestling podcast. Reminder, today's the final day. Hit the subscribe button. Follow us on the Twitter machine. You have a chance to win $50 to WWE Shop. And maybe you can get yourself a Ronda Rousey Funko, which I ordered last night, by the way, because I saw they were on sale, so I got it for like 11 bucks. So you could get yourself a Ronda Rousey Funko Pop, and then you could get like $40 more worth of stuff for free. There you go. Off on us. All you got to do is hit the subscribe button. All you got to do, follow us on Twitter. We appreciate you guys. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.